This is a presentation of Dawn Forge Productions. You're listening to Shattered Soulstone, episode number 15, Nate Kenyon, The Order, and The End is Here. Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download at bit.ly slash sspbook. That's B-I-T dot L-Y slash sspbook. Over 100,000 titles to choose from for your iPod or MP3 player. It has begun. You have quite a treasure there in that Horodric cube. From the far reaches and burning depths of sanctuary comes Shattered Soulstone, your Diablo podcast. It's beginning to feel like some great evil is permeating the air around here. Now, your hosts, Nevik, Breja, and Jen. Stay a while and listen. Welcome to episode 15 of the Shattered Soulstone, your Diablo community podcast. It is not Friday, May 11th anymore, because, yeah, I kind of worked crazy and my body revolted, and yeah, I didn't stand up the three people that I'm about to do this podcast with. But anyways, it is Saturday, May 12th, and I am your host, Nevik, and I am joined by my two co-joeys from the proverbial Dawnforge pouch and the Papa Kangaroo himself. So... Yeah, Medros, how are you? I am doing better than I was doing when I was annoyed that you were sleeping. Yeah. But I'm glad yeah. you had a very nice nap with your kid. Yeah, well, you know, my body my body didn't didn't respond to the fact that my mind was telling me, "No, we we, we can't fall asleep. We have to get up after we get this this child asleep to go do a podcast because, you know, May 15th, that's just around the corner, so we got to do episode 15, you know? So, yeah, sorry about that. Brasia, no hard feelings, right? Oh, no, no, I'll just take it out on you in the game. Don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> You'll get me killed, like Lantonio? Oh, yep, yeah, I'll make sure I run you right into um, the Skeleton King and then turn around and run away. Oh, awesome. <laughs> oh, wow, such betrayal. I know. Oh, it's betrayal, it's just I need somebody to take the blows for me while I'm shooting puke at everything, right? Uh, oh, it's strategy then. <laughs> exactly, okay, yeah. that's what yep. I call it. It to Brasia? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and Jen, how are you on this wonderful evening? Um, okay, I'm surviving allergy season. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I had a little bout with that myself this morning while I was mowing the yard, but uh, that's fun. That sounds dangerous, yeah. Mm-mm. Yeah, so as I'm sure all of our listeners can can attest to, this episode is going to be kind of loose, kind of fun, because, uh, well, at least two of us are drinking right now. Mm-hmm. Because May 15th, Tuesday, it's mere days away. I, I mean, uh, it's... I, 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 He's speechless. I, awesome. You can yes. almost reach out and touch the game. It's almost there. And in, and some people have touched the game. Nobody has a friend at EB Games up in Canada. Nope, nope at all. Not no. at all. <laughs> no. 
Hey, it wouldn't matter even if you had the game. I mean, we, we all know a very prominent internet personality who actually has his physical copy of the game and can't do anything with it yet because it is online only. So there's nothing you can do with yes. it right now. You can install it. You can install it and do nothing with it. So, but it would have been nice to take it home and 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 you know take care of it for a few days and hug it and and cradle it and rip the soundtrack so I can put it on my iPod. Mm, good point. Yes. Yeah. So, yes, it is episode 15 of the Shattered Soulstone podcast, and we did not plan this, folks. We did not plan to have episode 15 out just in time for May 15th. It's just a mere coincidence. A perfectly timed coincidence. Yeah, we really did not plan this. Really. <laughs> I can't plan that one. Sorry. The end of days. Mm -hmm. 15 yeah. on the 15th. For the yeah. release of everything. And my doorbell just did not ring. Ignore the doorbell. But anyways... <laughs> We're gonna have three releases on the fifteenth. Wow. <laughs> I don't even want to ask what the other two are. Oh wait, I I know what of one of them was. In our podcast. Hey. Yeah. Look at that. Well, no, 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 no. Our podcast will not be out on the fifteenth. Uh. It'll be out on the fourteenth. Well, yes, we need to get something for people to listen to while they're in the line. Yes, exactly. And while they're listening in line, they, I'm sure most of our listeners have a smartphone and they can send us an email to show at ShatteredSoulStone.com, right? Mm-hmm. Indeed. Uh, yes, indeed. And speaking of emails, we have an email from a listener. I think she's a listener. From Jen. Yeah. <laughs> and it, and it, it, reads, it reads as such. Hey, guys. I played the D3 beta to the very end. There was no world event. I took notes on the cool loot and other stuff I randomly ran into. I am sending this email because my allergies suck and I will be on drugs soon. And I wanted to remember to possibly talk about the end of the beta in the next show. Signed, Jen. I don't know who that was, but... Oh, I can't imagine who that could possibly be. <laughs> yeah, I have no yeah, idea. You can answer what the person was going to talk about. Yeah, I think I just might, you know, be able to come up with that information. <laughs> <laughs> I had no idea when I was sending it that it was going to be, you know, read, read in the show, but that's fine. That's cool. Oh, <laughs> you, you know me better than that. I do now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that's cool. It's no no problem. Um, so yeah, there was no like end of beta event. There wasn't like an Uber Diablo coming out. That's a shame. The world. Yeah, I was hoping there would be, you know, and there wa there wasn't anything. It just you know did the countdown uh, to when the server was gonna you know, die, and then it did network disconnect, and that was it. But I did run into um, one of those. Uh, I guess they're bats, and it was gold, and its name was Zarheim the Ghastly. Oh, <laughs> you got to, you got to fight Zarheim. Yeah, That's Sean and awesome. I did. Yeah, um, oh. it was pretty cool. We read it. I'm like, wait a minute, Zarheim the Ghastly. Okay. <laughs> Just for clarification sakes, that has nothing to do with like, uh, you know, like maybe a Zubat and uh, you know, Ghastly from a certain game that might rhyme with Pokemon. I don't know. I hadn't thought of that. It was just cool to run across it. Yeah. Know? So that was pretty neat. Um, I don't know. Anyway. <laughs> they do start with Z. <laughs> the, um, A long reach. Yeah. The, the strangest thing I ran into um, probably about 40 minutes before the beta died was I was walking through a dungeon and I found 
this like little batch of mushrooms sitting there. And you click on it, and it gives you a black mushroom, and there was quest text on it. And it said, The witch Adria seeks a black mushroom. I know as much about black mushrooms as I do about red herrings. And it's quoted Deckard Cain. And mm. it's, it's account-bound. It was an account-bound item that could not be sold. I have no idea what that was. Mm. I had not seen one in the whole entire beta until then. You know what's weird is I ran into the, the that batch of ma- mushrooms, because it's right outside of her shack. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. No, it wasn't when I was there. It was in a different oh, really? location. Yeah, it was in um, the dungeon as you're going towards uh, the Skeleton King, I think. No, no, it was in one of the dungeons in the um, uh, cemetery. Oh, okay. Yeah, it was in one of those. Oh, interesting. Uh, one of the random. Yeah, because ones. yeah, because mm-hmm. maybe two or three beta patches before uh, the final beta patch, I used to always encounter the pack of pack the little grove of grove i i don't even know what you would call a pack of group group yes a little patch there we go a patch of mushrooms that's probably the most appropriate term considering that they're a fungi and i'm a fungi right oh Oh. (laughs) but i'm hey it was funnier in my head like i said this is gonna be a funny guy this is gonna be a fun and loose show right Mm -hmm. yeah yeah, so, Brisha, yes. let, let us get back on topic. Why don't you read the next email? We got an email from Chronic Fatigue. Hello, fen- fellow, funny, whatever. Hello, fellow dungeon crawlers. It's Chronic Fatigue, sending another email to the show. Still an avid listener and have anticipating the close of the Diablo 3 release date. Firstly, I'd like to refer back to my first email I sent to the show where I was reporting having lag issues. I would like to pass on information to your audience who may be living in Australia, New Zealand region. When the open beta weekend was available, it gave me a great chance to further test on my latency with the Battle.net servers under a heavy load. I believe those conditions could be very similar on release date due to the hype and popularity of the game. Anyway, I did have the same sort of troubles on the open beta with the high ping and lag spikes. I did, however, do some research, and it seems that people in the Southeast Asia can tunnel to faster servers in North America to reroute into the North American Battle.net servers. Hmm. Hmm. He said he used a program provided by a website called WTFFast.com. By no way am I promoting them, just saying it works for me. And using this program service, it went from a ping fluctuating from 250 ms to 280 ms uh, to a steady connection of 180 to 190 with no more lag spike. Interesting. Also, there is a free trial to the service for people wondering if it will make a difference uh, to their connection or not, which is what he used to test it. Because he will be upgrading his free trial to a premium membership a few days before the original release to ensure that he has the best connection possible to get the best gameplay experience on that day. This is just a suggestion to the listeners that are uh, that there are other services and providers who will do the same thing. This is just what I used and it gave me great results. I will be looking forward to exploring Sanctuary with everyone. Chronic Fatigue. Well, thanks for the email. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Yes, thanks, Chronic. Because I know um, Zesty Clam joined us, and he's an Australian, and he he was in your game, right, Brasia? Yes, he was. 
he didn't seem to be having lag issues. Or, well, I, I suppose you wouldn't be able to tell too well, but... Yeah, I was gonna say, on my end, I didn't notice anything, and, um, Zesty really never spoke up about having that kind of problems. Doesn't mean he wasn't, it's just that he didn't bring them up to me. Thereby, him not complaining about lag spikes probably... probably is a good, good notion. And, actually, you know what, um, I think, uh, I, I forget who inter who was the interview viewer with uh, Jay Wilson, and they were talking about their net code and how they were trying to make sure that Diablo 3 was very, like, um, latency-friendly in terms of, of the game. And he said that they worked really hard and that the open beta provided them with a lot of information on how to properly extrapolate what, what they needed to do with their servers to, you know, deal with the anticipated load that the servers are going to take at 12.01 a.m. Pacific daylight time <laughs> yeah I certainly will not be back at my house at that time because I will still be probably either at the GameStop that I will be at that I'll be picking up my collector's edition from or I will be on route back to home I'm still disappointed you're not going to be visiting Blizzard at their official launch in California but <sighs> you know that is like a seven and a half hour drive and considering you know the uh, traumatic event that I experienced in the past month possibly drive yeah, probably driving that amount of distance wouldn't be a good idea. You know. That's what you hire a driver for. Oh my. <laughs> that right. would be so expensive. <laughs> right. Wow. Come on, it's just a bit of a drive. Yeah, and everybody in California drips over trips over gold rocks. Well, that's how you got, how you got found it. <laughs> well. <laughs> so, for all intents and purposes, it seems like our Australian friends will mostly be okay i mean 280 milliseconds isn't too bad of a ping it's i mean it's not great but it's not terrible it could be in the thousands mm -hmm. which you know i've experienced in wow on occasion and that's not fun yeah that's where you're stuck mm -hmm. and you see like you can move around in the environment but you can't interact yeah that's no fun or you right click on a corpse and and you just you bend over to loot that corpse and you're like what's going on what's going on and then eventually you know like three or four seconds later it says you you do not have permission to loot that corpse or whatever it says but anyways this isn't a wild podcast let's let's get back on to Diablo. <laughs> but one thing that everyone should just take away from it is regardless of where you live everyone's internet service providers are all very different and how they allow information to flow between your computer and server that you might be playing on um, try to take some time if you're having trouble, to take a look and see what other services might be available to help you with that those problems. You know, even going with Blizzard and talking to them, see if there's something they have on their end, or even on your own internet service providers in your own country or states, and even if there's like other services out there that might help to promote game flow information. But there's some, there's, there's going to be answers out there to help people. That's for sure. And, you know, I don't remember, did we bring this up in our last episode? I think we did, about the global play, how it doesn't yep. doesn't matter where you are, you can play with anybody in the world, you just have to select which servers you want to connect to. Yeah. Yeah, I think we did. Yeah, and that's going to be exciting. I know. Get to play with some of our friends over in Europe and Australia. Let, let's be honest, yeah. they'll get to play with us. Come on. <laughs> oh. <laughs> hey. Well, I'll definitely be on North American servers. 
Yeah, so will I, but, um, hey, you know, may maybe I'll roll an, an alt, you know, an alt wizard over, over on the European servers, but, uh, yeah. So, Jen, we have another email from Chaos. Chaos writes, hello, lady and gentlemen, Chaos here, and I ran across this nice and interesting post on the Diablo 3 forums, and he has a link for us. Uh, here's what the first post of what the thread is about. He's got that. Let's see. It was originally posted by someone going by the name of Jeebus NZ. So I'm assuming they're New Zealand. Lovely name there. <laughs> uh, that person says... In the multiplayer time I spent on the beta, I essentially came across two main types of people. Runners and clearers. Runners don't care about getting all of the anything. Whole sections of maps can go unexplored in their pursuit of the way down. Once you find where you're supposed to go, you go in there and kill whatever happens to be between you and the next portion of going down. Clearers will kill and loot damn near everything. Driven by XP, gold, or just an uncontrollable urge for completion, they'll make sure everything is found. As a clearer, it drives me multiple colors of crazy having a runner in the group. One person, frothing with fever, will go Leroy anything they can find, <laughs> and upon finding the way to the next area, will immediately leap in. Other members have the option of picking over the carcass of a level or trying to keep up. Do you feel you fit into either of these, and how do you feel about it? The other aspect. And he goes on to say, so I'm interested in the answer from you three. What type are you, clearer or runner? And that is from Chaos. Well, Antonio would probably say that I was more of a runner from uh, from the experience in our open beta night, but uh, I'm more of a clearer. I think the fact that I was just running through the areas had a lot to do with the fact that you know it was just beta, and that I've done the beta numerous times, you know, and they hadn't opened anything up other than just running down to the Skeleton King, which may or may not, well, probably not, be the final experience that we get to experience on Tuesday. So, um, come Tuesday, I am pretty sure I will be a clearer. What about you, Jen, Ambrasia, and Medros? I think it both. I think when I'm playing by myself, I'm going to clear everything just to see what's out there, um, and to try to level my character as much as possible. But when I was playing the beta, especially the last day, I was jumping into random groups with whoever was there, and everybody there was a runner, and they just were flying down to the Skeleton King as fast as they could go, and that was fine by me. You know, it didn't bother me that we were passing all these things. So I think I can go either way on that. I am definitely a clearer. Jen and Sean, when we were in the beta, he, uh, well, it seemed like Sean was more of a, a, a runner. He wanted to get to the Skeleton King. I was more of a, okay, well, uh, I want to want to kill everything. I want to want to get everything done. I want to, you know, I don't. I want no Bob left alive in this thing. And, and I know that there's a lot of people who are annoyed by that, but I, I'm, I'm definitely a completionist. Which would make you a clearer for sure. Definitely. I think um, my clearing tendencies are going to lead me to, at least for playing through on normal, I probably won't be jumping into, you know, open games. I'm sure if, you know, run into one of our listeners and they're already playing and they're, you know, in the same, if they're on the same quest that I'm at, I'll just jump into their game and join them. But uh, at least for the first playthrough of the entire game, I definitely want to experience everything as it is and not rush through it because I want to savor it. Yeah, I start uh, just about any game as a clearer because I l love to explore the entire game as much as I can, try to find the little Easter eggs that are hidden throughout the game. 
and then as I'm playing the game more over time I become more and more of a runner because I tend to look at specific things that I want to do in the game and say okay that's what I'm going for and just blow through everything just to get to that spot I need to you know it's kind of like in Diablo 2 doing Mephisto runs you know it's just you just started jump onto the gate get as close as you could to Mephisto just run through knock everything down straight path and just keep attacking him and then reset the game and do it again yeah I used to do the same thing in Diablo 2 with my Mm -hmm. With my sorceress, I would just teleport straight through to Mephisto and skip as much yep. at the console as I could just to kill him. And that's kind of how the end of the beta was. There was just, you know, everybody doing Skeleton King runs and jumping in, and, you know, a lot. Because you could level really quick and it was more fun playing with the group at the last little bit than by yourself for the most part. So, you know, it was cool. Everybody wanted to see what ruined ability they'd get at level 13 or, you know just to play around with everything that was available to us. Yeah, definitely. And plus to see, like, I know the first time I jumped into a group game, it froze. And it, like, locked up my computer and I had to, like, you know, totally turn it off the hard way by holding the button down and restarting it, and that's never pleasant. Yeah. And uh, I was in I don't know how many games that last night and it didn't freeze at all. It worked fine. So that's good to know. Alrighty, so let's move on to our last email and it is from Chad. Hello to the Shattered Soulstone gang. I am writing to say how much I enjoy your podcast and, more to the point, why I like it so much. I am a gay, white-colored male in my early 30, 40s, I'm sorry, although I'm sure he wouldn't mind the slip of the 30s, <laughs> who has never owned an Xbox or GameCube and whose entire computer gaming experience consists of bejeweled Angry Birds and online games such as Pogo.com. After seeing all the press and advertisements for Diablo 3, I decided it was time to quote-unquote grow up in the gaming world. I found out about the open beta weekend and gave it a try. Needless to say, I was immediately overwhelmed with the game and died in about 5 seconds countless times. However, little by little, I started to figure out what was going on and, with my barbarian, good choice Chad, I made it as far as the Skeleton King. I was not able to beat him. But just getting there was an exponentially greater feeling of accomplishment. Yeah, that was the beer. Sorry. <laughs> it was an exponentially greater <laughs> feeling of accomplishment than finding all of the golden eggs in Angry Birds. Hey, you know what? I've played Angry Birds, and it makes me extremely angry, so it's aptly named. But getting all the golden eggs in Angry Birds, that's an accomplishment of itself, so... Mm. Yeah, bravo to you, Chad. <laughs> I would probably break my phone before doing that. But anyways, he continues on to say, I searched for podcasts and sites about Diablo to help me learn more and discovered your podcast. Listening at first, I was was like hearing a foreign language. Yes, I am so new, I had no idea what WOW was until I googled it. <laughs> now I have learned about A AOE and DPS, which... If any of our listeners do not know what those um, acronyms stand for, AOE is Area of Effect and DPS is Damage Per Second. I still don't understand the difference between kiting and strafing, but I am getting there. I appreciate your podcast ability to help those of us who are afraid to admit just how new we are to the world. Or to this world, I'm sorry. I can't believe I'm saying, saying this, but I am so excited for May 15th. Signed, Chad. And sorry, Chad, I didn't mean to stumble over your words. It's just, 
I've, I'm kind of like four beers in right now. I'm, I'm excited about May 15th. We're lucky he can read, you know? <laughs> hey, we're, we're lucky I'm not passed out, right? <laughs> True. <laughs> <laughs> no comment. <laughs> but, no, that was a well-put-together um, comment by Chad on our blog uh, for the Shattered Soulstone podcast. And, I mean, I read it and I was blown away because this is the type of thing that Blizzard talked about. They want to take people who are interested in gaming, who are starting the game, and they may be casual to start with because they're learning how to play, but eventually they might become hardcore gamers you know, in Diablo or whatever game they want to produce. And this is a perfect example of a, a person who, you know, getting his feet wet, and I'm glad we can help him out. Reading that comment, by the way, actually, it wasn't an email. It was a comment from our blog, as Brazier just said. But I, it was such an amazing comment that I just, I wanted to include it in our show because, you know, it's just, it's, it was so touching, you know, to know that our podcast was speaking to somebody mm-hmm. and it's just great to know that we actually have a listener who really appreciates us for what we are you know we're not the hardcore you know news driven you know detail well not not that we don't try to be detailed oriented but you know we we don't fret over the details and just just somebody who's out there who you know is new essentially a new new person to hardcore well, quote-unquote, hardcore gaming, who appreciates the fact that we're not, you know, belittling them like some other podcasts out there. That's okay. We're going to, you know, we're doing what we can to help people out. Yeah, just as long as they don't roll Puke Doctor. Oh, here we go. Oh, here we go. <laughs> oh, here we go, yeah. Yeah, you know, uh. I really hate that Overlord's podcast because so little so many people when they, they do a show. It's just horrible. Yeah, the Overlords. Mm-hmm. Hey, just remember, I'm going to save you at some point with my Puke Doctor. And then you'll sure be like, you I'm will. glad you finally, you know, you played a good class. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, you'll, you'll also be leveling. Leveling? <laughs> oh, I'll be leveling every minute of it. <laughs> <laughs> you'll be you'll be leveling. Oh, my goodness. Hey, I cannot talk tonight. Wow. I know Lantonio wants to play a puke doctor, and that's all that matters to me. I'm happy. Uh, I think Lantonio's heart will be with the wizard. Just saying. Probably, but, you know, he's going to play one, so... We'll just have to uh, see. I'll correct you both know. you, uh, Demon Hunter, all the way. There you go, Demon Thank Hunter. You. There you go. Mm-hmm. Sure. Rapid no. fire. No. Can't beat that. <laughs> I will happily take my uh, my machine gun uh, arrow, flaming arrows over anything you guys can put out. Well, you'll appreciate the uh, slow time doom, doom bubble. Yeah. What? <laughs> I don't know. We'll I'm find out on May 15th, right? Yes. Okay. No, but <laughs> wizard. I, I think I meant to say dome, and it came out doom. <laughs> oh yes. Never thrown doom bubbles. Oh no. <laughs> oh no. Let me go find my BFG. Thank you. <laughs> so, anyways, uh, Bracia added something into the show notes. Bracia, your wife had a story. Oh yeah, she's a supervisor at a software company, and um, a supervisor next to her was saying, you know, I can't wait, I'm taking next week off, and she's like, hmm, just thinking to herself, I wonder why, and um, he was like, well, this game called Diablo is coming out, and she's like, yeah, I've kind of heard of it, and he's like, really, because she's all very professional and very straightforward, never seemed like she'd be somebody who'd know anything about video games, and um, 
he was like, you know, like half my staff's taking that week off. She goes, I know a few of mine are too. He goes, my husband happens to be on a Diablo podcast, and they're like, what? And it's like, yeah. So anybody who's listening, welcome. Uh, it's good to talk <laughs> to you, everyone. And um, yeah, you know that you never know who knows about the game, and it's just funny with uh, Amazon having record sales already of pre-orders for. Uh, a PC game with Diablo 3, millions of people know about this game, even if they don't play it. Yeah, well, there, you know, how how many WoW players don't even know what a podcast are, is, so, just saying, you know, <laughs> even though they're, the amount of players who might play Diablo 3 might exceed WoW at some point, chances of them knowing what podcasts are is slim. Which, um, actually, your story about of your wife encountering a Diablo player at work reminds me of my own wife. She she was at work one night and one of the clerks there was like complaining about or no, actually I think he was not complaining but uh kind of maybe not flaunting but you know excited <laughs> about the fact that he was in the uh Diablo 3 beta and, oh, wow. and my my wife was like, "Oh yeah, my my husband's in that." He's like, "Really?" what and and then he he's evidently also a wow player and he was like man i also want to get into the mist of pandaria beta and my wife was like oh yeah he's in that too and he was like what <laughs> <laughs> so it's like yeah you know it, it's it's kind of funny you know I, trying to be a gamer living openly as a gamer is interesting sometimes because there's a lot of non-gamers out there Oh, yeah. And they just don't understand. Yeah, and they have no idea what you're talking about when you, like, you know, make these jokes and references and stuff. No idea. And, yeah, I uh, can, I work from home now because I'm a writer, and it's just that's how it goes. But when I used to work retail, I had people that had no idea what WoW was. They had no idea what a podcast was. I'm like, really? That's, like, half my life, guys. Come on. No, sadly. I had to educate them on a podcast. I still think most of them have no idea. And then there were like a couple people that played WoW, and that was it. Yeah, mo- most of the time when I tell people that I do a podcast, they're like, "What? what's a podcast? Yeah, you'd think that they'd know by now. My God, I've been podcasting since 2005. Like, really, people catch up. It's been a while. I just tell them, you know, it's like an internet radio show. That's what like, I tell them, oh, too. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Then they think yeah. they're going to get it on the radio as they're driving. Like, no... Exactly. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> tangent. They, yeah, they, they don't quite understand that the that the term podcast came from the fact that Apple, you know, had a lot to do with that, mm-hmm. with the iPod. Yeah, but anyways, yeah. so this week, our show, well, not unlike any other week, but our show is sponsored by Audible. But uh, we we actually have a very very special selection to share with everybody this week for Audible because. Uh, for the first time ever, there has been a Diablo book Yay. added to the Audible lineup. I know, it's amazing. And hopefully it is a sign of things to come, especially as all of our listeners hopefully will sign up for Audible at... Brace yourself, everybody. There's a new, there's a new URL. Let's, let's see how I trip over this. Um, it is bit.ly slash sspbook. Yes, as I said, it is bit.ly slash sspbook. Those of you who are in the know know that the site is generally called Bitly. So 
you could just go to bit.ly slash sspbook and get your Audible ad. And, you know, all, all those people out there who are in the know will know that bit.ly is bit.ly. Have I clarified that enough for everybody? I think we're good. I, I think that's sufficient, yes. Yeah. With your 30-day trial, you will get one credit, and I implore you to get Diablo 3 The Order by Nate Kenyon, which I we might have interviewed earlier today. <laughs> uh, and, and you might actually hear immediately following this ad. But yeah, you might want to um, use your free credit to get The Order. I know I will be, because I have more time to listen than I have to read. So, and it's a fantastic book. Absolutely we, wonderful. We should give them a sample of that so they can see how awesome it sounds. Well, yes. After the narrow defeat of Baal at Mount Ariat and the destruction of the World Stone, Deckard Cain had been unable to convince his traveling party that the immediate danger to Sanctuary was not over. Far from it, in fact, if everything he had read and understood in the Herodric Scrolls was true. The Archangel Tyriel himself had warned him of it before he had been lost. Cain sensed a subtle change in the world that mirrored the prophecies, a disruption in the delicate balance between the high heavens and burning hells that had existed for centuries. The loss of the world stone was devastating and left sanctuary open and vulnerable. To make matters worse, Cain had begun dreaming again about his childhood and his mother's stories, waking in a cold sweat nearly every night. He fought against endless armies of darkness with nothing to protect him or sat hunched and broken in a cage hung from a pole while monstrous creatures taunted him. And he relived things even worse than that, ghosts from his past that he had thought were buried forever. He hadn't dreamed like this, since the fall of Tristram. His own guilt over those events consumed him. He had been too late to stop the demonic invasion of his own home, as self-absorbed as he had been back then, and he had been too late to change what had happened on Mount Ariat. Cain's companions remained insistent on celebrating their victory, returning to loved ones and picking up the pieces of their shattered lives, and he could hardly blame them. He, however, had nobody waiting for him, and with Tristram destroyed, he had nowhere to go. Other than your free book credit, you will, with your 30-day trial, you will also get access to the New York Times and Wall Street Journal, the digital editions, of course, of those. And after your 30-day trial, you can continue your membership for $14.95 a month, and you will receive one credit per month, which... Hopefully, you know, in the months coming, they will add more of the Diablo books to their lineup, I'm hoping, because if we all, and I mean all of us, all download the order, Audible will be like, hey, this Diablo thing's kind of popular. Maybe we should get some more narrators to narrate more of the Diablo franchise. And there we go. We all win, right? Exactly. So, I... At, as I stated, I implore all of you to go to bit.ly slash sspbook to get your free trial today. I would agree. Now that you've heard 
a little piece of the order and can tell how awesome the book is, you're probably dying to hear the interview we did with Nate Kenyon about his book. And we had a fantastic time with Nate. And I, I, I don't want to spoil anything, but he might just lose himself to Diablo at some point. And uh, therefore, he might be seeking, you know, just a little bit of support from our community. You know, he, he might he might need some loot anonymous kind of support. <laughs> <laughs> As we all will in a few days. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. A few days. Mm-hmm. May 15th is just around the corner. So enjoy our interview with Nate Kenyon. And we are joined today by another author. This will be our second author interview. Uh, we are joined today by Nate Kenyon. Hello, Nate. How are you today? I'm great, thanks. How's everybody there? Oh, We're suffering fantastic. with allergies. Jen, Jen knows. I have horrendous allergies, yep. but I'm okay today yep. so far. I've suffered there for years with those. I finally got the allergy shots. It clears it right up. It's unbelievable. Oh. It does work That's pretty, an idea. pretty good for a while, yeah. I, I might need 10 of those before I go mow my front yard again, but... <laughs> <laughs> I know how you feel about gardening today, and I'm, I'm still a little sniffly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so Nate, let's let's get right into it. So, who are you, and what do you like, and what are your passions in life? Who am I? I'm a father. I live in New England. Uh, wanted to be a writer my whole life. I uh, grew up writing as you know as early as I could read. I was writing stories. Um, you know, I have I have three kids and another one on the way. And uh, oh my goodness. <laughs> yeah, I have two of my own. Oh yeah, it's it's uh, it's a lot of fun, but um, you know, it's a lot of work too. So as you know, so that's that's my life. I have a day job too. I work in a local um, law school here in New England, and uh, so I have a, a day job. Uh, my writing is routine: is get up at four thirty or so in the morning and work for two or three hours, go to work, and come home and uh, hopefully put a little more in. And my life isn't the most exciting one, I guess, in the world, but I'm happy, so that's good. That's remarkably busy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is. It is, but it's a good. It's a, it's a good thing. You you have to love words, and the English language in order to be both a, in the, um, you know law and also to write. So that's true. You're right. Um, you're absolutely right. You know, it's it's been like I said before. It's been kind of part of my life for as long as I can remember. I, uh, you know, I, I was reading books. I, you know. Everything I get my hands on when I was just a, a little kid, I would take stuff off my parents' shelf and, you know, read like Shogun and stuff. I remember and crazy things like that. Um, and writing books and stories. And I remember I wrote my I finished my first story when I was seven. It was a like a thirty-page ripoff of the Black Stallion that I called the White Horse, which, <laughs> you know, <laughs> the most original thing in the world. But uh, I um, my mother made copies of it and I sold it to my relatives for a quarter. So I made a little bit of money. I think I made like three bucks. Wow. Oh, that's awesome! Yeah, so you've good. been a writer since you were seven. That's amazing. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I was making money at it too back then. Of course, I had a long dry, dry spell in between making money at right. it. But. <laughs> right. So that experience of you know selling books when you were seven is that when you first knew that you wanted to like grow up and be a writer, or did something else kind of spark it and make you say, "Yes, this is going to be what I want to do"? That's a good question. You know, I, I think it. I think it probably was that. I, I, I honestly don't ever remember a time that I didn't want to be a writer. It was just the thing I wanted to do, you know, from as long as I can remember. Um, I just think I loved, you know, I think every every writer, I think, starts with a love of books, and that's where it all began with me, and from the very beginning times for me reading, um, 
I remember thinking this is what I want to do. So that's it. That's awesome. I do a lot of writing too, and I started reading when I was little as well. So your uh, experience mirrors mine. I think that's awesome. Yeah, that'll that'll do it. That'll do it. If you love books, you you normally you like to write too, whether you have the time for it or not. It's something you want to do. That's the key, the time for it. For yeah, sure. mm-hmm. I know, I know. So, Nate, uh, a lot of fans of Diablo franchise are just kind of wondering, since you started, uh, you've written a book on this already, have you had any chances to play Diablo games in the past? Oh, yeah, sure. I, uh, I, I mean, I wasn't a crazy hardcore uh, gamer um, in, in general, you know, when I was younger, but I, I did like to play, and I played play Diablo 1 and 2, and, you know, I was looking forward to Diablo 3, and... I had read, I, I might be getting ahead of our, myself a little bit here, but I, I mm-hmm. um, got involved with uh, Blizzard with StarCraft Code Spectres. That was my first book with them. And um, they had read a sci-fi novella of mine called Prime that they loved and contacted my agent and said, you know, would he be interested in talking to us about writing for us? And we had a great call and um, the book sounded interesting. And, you know, we started working together and the experience was incredible. You know, we can go into that later if you want or yeah i mean it was an amazing experience they're incredible people and it's just such a uh, creative um energizing environment and we really we really clicked um i think we we all really loved working together and bouncing ideas off each other and brainstorming and everything and that book was a lot of fun um i think it came out great um i don't mm-hmm. know how much um how much play it got um you know it was out kind of late and um it was you know part of the the, the, the ghost um, line that you know, as as you know, the game was never released, and so I'm not sure how much how how much it was read, but I, I it's one of my favorite books I've done, and so uh, after that we started talking about Diablo, and uh, you know it was perfect fit for me, uh, from with my background, and you know I was looking forward to it anyway, and I thought, geez, this is this is great, and I knew they wanted it to be a big book, and I knew they had some really ambitious plans for it, and so it seemed like a a really good project for all of us and um, so that's how I got into writing Diablo and um, I spent well over a, it's a year on it from research reading everything I could everything that was written before Diablo Blizzard's internal docs and uh, wikis and talking to fans and just immersing myself in everything I possibly could because I wanted to get it right and that was the most important thing to me I wanted to I respect the fans so much I want I wanted to make sure that I got this book right or as, as did as good a job as I possibly could and uh, you know then I then we did an outline we talked it out I flew out there and met with them um, had an incredible brainstorming session with them until mm-hmm. late late at night and we hashed out an amazing outline and then I was off and, and running oh wow that's a, a great um, great creative environment to have been put into you hit it the nail on the head right there I mean I think it's an it's an amazing creative environment there their creative team the whole blizzard operation I mean I don't know if you I've I was blown away when I went out there it's Mm -hmm. you know entire campus is very impressive their teams are amazing and they just the way that it's set up and structured and how they riff off each other and the physical facilities with you know that they one one um, hallway was was built as um, a Starcraft uh, Zerg ship uh, oh. with yeah I mean this was when I went out there to write to brainstorm about uh, specters and they brought mm-hmm. me up into the creative wing and literally an entire hallway you walk in and it's like a movie set there's a Zerg coming out of the wall at you and there's pipes and it's it's unbelievable. You know, and there's all sorts of, you know, there's a museum, there's all sorts of really cool stuff there. And the environment really lends itself to creativity and energy and 
And those guys are just, I can't say enough about them. I mean, all of them. They're so exacting. They're so demanding mm -hmm. in a good way. They're, they're really determined to get everything right, and they work really hard at it. But they're very receptive to ideas at the same time, which I love. They took a lot of my ideas in hashing out this outline, and you know, we ran with them. And as long as it didn't mess with what they wanted to do, they were good with it. So now, how were you able to take that um, energy and enthusiasm from you know having been there, then come back home and still be able to kind of keep that focus at the same time to create the story of the order? Yeah, good question. I mean. You know, that's my, my normal writing style, of course, from my mm -hmm. original work, is to just, it's you, solitary, right? I'm not a really solitary person, um, but that's, that's kind of how you write. And this was a very different experience for me. Both these books were a very different experience, and I really enjoyed it, because it's very collaborative, but, you know, and, and energizing. But then, but then ultimately, as you said, you do have to go home and lock yourself away by yourself and, and write the book. And I think I, I had read so much about Diablo, talked so much about it, you know, it becomes so much a part of my life in three or four months uh, of work that it was pretty easy to dive into that world and spend, you know, I don't know what it was, four or five months on the first draft and just really, really immersed in it. I think the energy was upheld by conversations with uh, my friends at Blizzard and, you know, they're great. I mean, they're always, they're one click away or a phone call away. If I had a question about something, you know, hey, do you think this will work? I want to take this in a little bit of a different direction. You know, what do you think? And they'd either say, you know, oh yeah, that sounds cool. Or no, you know what, that's that's cool, but it doesn't work because we're going to do X, Y, and Z down the road, uh, you know, and it doesn't fit with our, with what we want to do. And that was really the only, that's really, in both books, that's really the, the main thing. Whenever they didn't want to do something, it was really just because you know, they wanted to do something different. They wanted to take the franchise in a different direction with that particular thing. So it was pretty rare that they would ever react and go, you know what, that idea just sucks. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's good. Yeah, that, that's yeah, terrific. it was good. Maybe they were being uh, political, you know, diplomatic, you know. Mm -hmm. But uh, but no, they were, they, they're, like I said, they're really receptive to other ideas and things I wanted to do that were brand new, different, unique explorations of stuff that I think really worked well in this book. You, you mentioned that writing for you is a very solitary thing, but do you listen to any kind of music while writing? Or if you do, what, what, kind, of, what kind of music would you listen to while writing, you know, your sci-fi, for example, StarCraft Ghost, Spectres, or would it be different for Diablo? Would you listen to darker music? Yep. Another good question. I have to be careful because if I listen to music that, uh, you know, is pretty heavy vocally, I can very easily get distracted and, uh, you know, I'm not, I need to be really focused when I'm working and kind of be in the right mindset. And music can really help with that or it can be really distracting. So I don't often write with music. You know, I'm, I'm writing a thriller right now that I, I don't think I've listened to music at all through the first three quarters of writing it. But, but Diablo, I actually did. You know, what I listened to the most was I, I have a writing playlist actually for that I've set up for Diablo and, a, and um, a big chunk of it is the Lord of the Rings soundtrack. I think it really helped me to um, when I was writing some of the sort of kind of epic scenes and battle scenes to to get in that mindset to feel the sweep of the armies and, and, and the clash and the kind of you know giant melodramatic surge that I wanted and some of the quieter pieces from that soundtrack were great for some of the creepy scenes that I, that I was in the middle of so for that, I, I definitely did listen to quite a bit. And another novel I, I wrote a, a couple of years ago, it hasn't been published yet, called Riding the Wires, is a 
kind of a sci-fi medical thriller. And I, for some reason, I listened to a lot of Dave Matthews. Um, <laughs> I don't know why, uh, but it, yeah, the funny thing is about it, though, is that even now, when I hear any of those songs, I, I'm taken right back into the book. It's really weird. It's like, it just, it's very immediate and, and visceral. Um, I, I'm taken like right to particular scenes, you know, and memories of writing a particular scene. Uh, Amos Lee was another one I was listening to for some reason um, during that, that same book. And when I'm listening to, to, you know, there's when I hear Night Train or any of those songs by Amos Lee, I, I'm I'm like right there, you know, in that scene under the bridge that I wrote. You know, it's really it's really interesting. Oh wow, it's like a cognitive um, resonance in, in there that you have with a between ideas that you've created and think that you've listened to and you just associated. I like that. That's awesome. Yeah, it definitely is. You know, they they say you know anything that's really like an important moment in your life if you're listen to music like when you fall in love with somebody or you know you have mm -hmm. a tragedy or something like it, it, it you know the song is attached to it it brings it back and i think it, i think it's true you know i think it really does you must be deeply yeah. immersed into your writing for that you know like it must be so real as you're writing it for you you know yeah that way. yeah yes i think um it's not always like that <laughs> i wish it was but um, but when it is, I think you're right. And I think that was one reason why that, that happened. Because I think that particular scene is very vivid for me. And for whatever reason, I was really, really entrenched in it. And I was, it was very immediate for me. So I think that's absolutely right. As a quick follow-up, so music kind of can influence your, your writing style. Is that, is that why you prefer to, while writing something that's, you know, your own work, that you prefer to not listen to music? It doesn't really influence my style. It can distract me or it can, it's not a style as much as sort of, uh, I just feel it, it, it kind of like tunes my, it, it, it's like putting my brain in, in tune or something. It's hard to explain, but like, you, you, you know, it, it does something where you are sort of in the zone, I guess you could say, for whatever you're trying to do at that time. Like I said, if, if it's, if there's, you know, some heavy lyrics and it's, you know, if it's like Beyonce or something, like it's oh. gonna be just, <laughs> it's not gonna work, you know, but if it's something that's either just instrumental, um, and I've listened to classical before, sometimes when I write, you know, just straight classical stuff, or even like Dave Matthews, which can be, you know, you can kind of, it's more moody. That's something like that, I think can really kind of like, I don't know, just like I said, it kind of puts me in a particular zone uh, where I feel like the words just flow easier. And I just feel like I'm, I'm able to write in a more uh, fluid fashion, I guess. So in other words, there in any of your drafts, there were no parts in the book where, you know, you, you might have like Decker Kane say, you shall not pass. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. I mean, um, I, you know, I always worry about that. Like I, I worry more about that when I'm reading and writing. Cause you know, you, you, that, that I think is, can be dangerous. Although in a similar way to music, I often use books to get myself in the right frame of mind. So for example, like I'm, I'm back to the novel I'm writing right now. It, it's, it takes place in New York City when our machines become sentient basically and take over. And it's, it's kind of an apocalyptic thing. I was reading a novel called One intentionally because it's an apocalyptic novel. Now it doesn't have, it's nothing, it's nothing like that. It's, uh, in, it's a British writer, it takes place in over overseas and it's um it, i think it's it's sort of like a sunspot a sun flare you know destroys the the whole world he the interesting thing about that book and by the way a great book an amazing book mm -hmm. the neat 
premise of it is that this guy's a, a, a deep sea oil worker. And so he's like a thousand feet under the surface of the ocean when this happens and then is able to get back up in the diving bell. Um, and when he gets up there, the entire earth has been kind of cooked and uh, everybody's more or less gone. There are survivors, but not many. I wanted to read something like that to kind of get myself in the mindset of this like overwhelming apocalyptic kind of feel where everything's you know going to hell and everything's bleak. But you do, mm -hmm. but I do have to be careful. I don't want to pick up somebody's writing style or you know any anything in particular from from their novel when I'm writing mine. So you have to be careful with that. I could see how that would work. I have a tendency yeah. if I'm listening to lyrical music where you know all of a sudden the lyrics are in my writing and I'm like, wait, no, I have to go back and write. <laughs> you know. Um, yeah, it works better if it's Beyonce, but... Oh, I know. <laughs> You've got characters asking if they're going to put a ring on it, you know. Yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I was wondering, as far as the book The Order, which I loved, I thought that was such a good book. Um, I'm glad I was, to hear it. I was wondering, I mean, it must have been fun to write, and it sounds like it was really fun to collaborate with everybody over at Blizzard. What was your favorite part just about the book itself? There's so many parts I loved, really. I mean, and that doesn't always happen, but I really, I love so many scenes in this book. I think some of my favorite scenes are early, without too many spoilers, I think are early with uh, with Leia and, and, and Gillian. And that's just so creepy, you know, when they're, when she's like, I mean, she's she's a little, little girl. She's, we think at the time anyway, that she's completely helpless and you know, here's this woman who's just lost her mind, right? And, 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 you know, could just go berserk at any moment and she's just alone and it's, it's, she's hearing voices and, you know, and then we get these weird sort of hints or, or moments where there's something else happening and, and Leah has something to do with it and, and you don't know what it is. And, you know, that, that stuff is really creepy. And then, ha you know, in that particular scene when Kane knocks on the door and kind of interrupts and it's like that, I love that, that section of the book. I love Lord Brand and the and and the, the little isolated village and what happens there and um, and then later on, of course, the you know what they find, um, you know what what they find um, without. I don't want to give too much away, but right. the the right. scene at the you know the sort of the climactic scene right before the climactic ending, I love. Uh, that was so much fun to kind of imagine and work out in the story. I'm uh, a writer who. I, if I, if, you, if I was going to put, you know, my top five, like, kind of writing rules on the wall, like, one, you know, one of the top two or three would be character. I mean, I think for me, that is key to any good writing. I mean, you can have the biggest thriller, you know, plot in the world. And if you don't care about the people, if they're not fully realized, if they're not fleshed out, if they're not real to the reader, it's like a train wreck, right? Um, you can you, you go by a train wreck and, you, and it could gross you out and it could freak you out, but it's just gross and it's just a little freaky unless you know your wife's in the in the train or you know you, that, that changes things so it's like I want to work with characters I want to flesh them out I want to give them backstories I want to give them trauma I want to give them life so that the reader can identify with them and so when the shit goes down you're right there with them so I guess what I'm trying to say is I think one of the, my favorite parts of the book is was developing Kane and uh, Leah and, and, and Mikulov and you know, the characters that I built and, you know, kind of fell in love with and really had a fun, had fun with, that was kind of my, you know, my favorite part was working with them. Yeah, characters are definitely important and that is definitely exhibited in the Avengers movie. That that was a heavy character movie and it works. It, you uh, know, yeah. So many characters. in the order too. 
yeah, very well, much glad so. To hear, glad to hear it. I can't wait to see the Avengers too. But yeah, I'm I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm glad to hear that. And um, you know, I just I like I said, I just think that's so important. You know, and then of course you you gotta have a great plot, but but I really start with the people in the book. What was one of the most um, surprising things that you discovered while writing the order, or, or may, possibly what was the most difficult thing in writing the book? I think one of the most difficult things in writing the book was was trying to get the relationship right between Kane and, and Leah. I think you know that that was a really tricky thing. They had to come from they had to go from a place that was you know really awkward and awful. I mean, Deckard Kane when we meet him, he he is no interest in children he's never been good with them he's he has no idea what to do with her you know he's thrown in she doesn't even know if he's going to kill her or not he, she has no idea what his real motives are so she's freaked out and she's just gone through terrible trauma so we have to take that go from there and and, and end up at the end with them essentially family and you know the relationship that you see in Diablo 3 and other associated content so it was a difficult thing to get right because I wanted to really wanted to get it right, and I didn't want it to ring hollow, and I didn't want like you know it to seem rushed or or whatever. Um, so that was a difficult thing. I guess some of the things that surprised me in writing it were uh, Mikolov. He he wasn't the the monk was not even I don't believe the monk was even in the final draft uh, of the outline that Blizzard and, um, and I worked on together. Uh, and when I started writing the book. I just kept feeling like I needed something else. I needed something else, and I couldn't figure out what it was. It finally hit me. You know, one of Blizzard's main goals with this book, when they first came to me, was they said, we want to reboot this franchise. We want to we want to restart both the book line, but also take this an opportunity to kind of reboot Diablo. And this is a chance to kind of introduce the lore, the, the history to new readers, new players, and also give some new lore or some uh, reimagined lore to diehard fans and lead them into the new game. And, and what I realized in writing it was, we, I've worked, we've worked all this stuff in about D1 and D2 with flashback and memory and everything, but there wasn't a real bridge to D3. Like there wasn't something that was kind of connecting all the franchises. And I also wanted somebody to um, add to the mix that would be really different than, than Kane. And so I thought, geez, all right, I'm gonna have a secondary hero. I'm gonna have somebody else who's completely opposite of Kane but who is a, play, a player, a new player in D3, and it'll bridge everything, right? It'll bring it all together. I suggested that. I said, you know, I think, really think I need, we need this. Would you mind? And they said, oh, go for it. Sounds great. So that's how the monk was born for the book. And I chose a monk because, you know, I just thought it was really fun to play with, like, here's this old man, and here's this, like, young, incredibly physically gifted, muscle-bound guy uh, and an eight-year-old girl, and they're, like, a traveling you know group and it's just it's just a, a really wacky fun thing to mess around with so oh so the great dynamic yeah it was a great dynamic right exactly yeah, yeah they really did make quite the team you know <laughs> kind yeah. of the odd group mm -hmm. there yeah right i was wondering since you know deckard kane is clearly the big a big important character in this book what was it like to write about or you know right through the viewpoint of Deckard Kane compared to what it was like to the other main characters in some of your other stories like does he have similarities is he vastly different was it like a whole world view change to write him a little bit I, I again when um, Blizzard approached me about this we talked when we talked about it and they told me you know they had a they had a short you know roughly fleshed out story idea right that they had that they gave me. and my first question my biggest concern right off the bat was 
you want to write an, a heroic, like an epic quest novel. Like that's what this is. Have you ever read a quest novel with like a 70 year old guy as the hero? <laughs> <laughs> How are we going to do that? And I, you know, and they said, yeah, but it's perfect. We, you know, there's so many opportunities. He's an iconic character, right? I mean, he's he's mm -hmm. incredible character. Everybody knows him, and he's perfect for what they want to do with this book because he's he knows he's a scholar. He knows everything that's happened. He knows the lore. He knows he knows he's lived through D1 and D2. So he's a perfect character to retell some of those lore pieces and bring them into this book and kind of do what they wanted to do, which was kind of reboot or re-educate people about the franchise. But it was a real challenge, you know? And, and so we kind of worked on that and they, and they said, Hey, feel free to like riff on it, like use it to your advantage. And I thought, all right. So that's why I like, you know, in a lot, in a lot of number of places in the book, he's complaining his back hurts, you know, <laughs> he's like, can't keep up. You know, that sort of stuff. He's absent-minded sometimes. I mean, it's like, it's it's something that I actually tried to use to my advantage. And I started realizing as I started working on the outline more and that, like, it really could be an opportunity rather than a, a, a negative thing that, you know, that, yes, these books aren't written with somebody like that as the main character. But, hey, let's turn that around and go, these books aren't written with a guy like that as the main character. That's, you know, this, this could be pretty interesting and different, right? Mm -hmm. So you know then the then the, the 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 question was can i get readers like younger readers people who are expecting a certain kind of quest novel can i get them to identify with this older man so that was another challenge and um i think it helps that he's pretty unique you know he's not your typical man and he's a lot stronger than he thinks and mm -hmm. a lot more talented than he thinks you know that that helped he's got skills i guess we can say so, <laughs> he definitely so. does yeah, yeah. So you know that that was um, that was definitely a big challenge for me. But it was it, it was actually I really was satisfied at the end of it. It was different than the stuff I normally do, but it was but it was interesting. Oh, and I think a lot of readers will really enjoy your portrayal of Deckard Kane as well. I hope so. Uh, Nate, we have a question from one of our listeners, Roe. He wanted to ask you, uh, without giving any big spoilers in your uh, to the novel or the game. Which character in the Diablo universe do you feel you have the strongest connection to when writing about him, her, or it? Uh, hi, Ro. Um, I would absolutely have to say Kane. I mean, you know, because of what I just talked about, I think he's he's just, I mean, I, I have to say, you know, apart from the questions I had when we talked about this, I mean, I was immediate, that was one of the immediate things that attracted me to, to, to doing this. I mean, it was, what, what kind of opportunity do you have to do something like that. I mean, you're taking mm -hmm. a, a, a character that millions of people know, but at the same time, he's a character that very people really know. Like, they, he's a he's been a secondary character and everybody knows who he is, but nobody knows him. Nobody knows his backstory. Nobody knows why he is who he is. And so that right away, really early, was what I wanted to focus on. Like, I really zeroed in on that. And one of the first things I said to Blizzard was, you know, I'll write this, I'll do, I'll, I'll have him be the hero, but I want to really create some heavy-duty stuff for him that drives him that makes him who he is some trauma some major history um, in his life that he is trying to redeem himself over they loved it they said oh and you know I suggested an idea and they said that sounds awesome you know run with it mm -hmm. so I did who Decker Kane is in this book I think fans of Diablo both new readers but also diehard fans are gonna be really interested in this book because it lays out Decker Kane as a, as a human, as a man, and you know he's suffered incredible trauma. Not, and I'm not just talking about the events of Diablo One and Diablo Two, 
He's suffered, he's gone through incredible things in his life. He's changed, he's a very different man than he was when he was younger. And there are reasons for all that and there are reasons for who he is in the games. It was so fun to be able to do that, to go back to the games and kind of listen to his wisdom and you know the little clips here and there and read about mm -hmm. him in his journal and then be able to create like a whole backstory that fit all that stuff that there were reasons for why he was so driven and you know everything that he did you know where there was reason for it and that was like it was an incredible thrill yeah i think fans are really going to enjoy your take on deckard kane i mean it really shows a labor of love for what you put into him as a character and what they'll get out of him just learn so, so much more. Yeah, I hope so. I mean, you know, like I said, that was that was uh, goal one, right? And um, on on the wall. And uh, so I hope they I hope they they like the way I took it, the the direction I took it. Moving away from Decker Kane, Leah, you know, is an eight year old child. Was it difficult to get into her head and to you know to get into that her point of view? Did, did you have any help getting into that point of view? Well, I have a ten year old, so that helped. I wrote a book, my second novel is called The Reach, and it revolves around a, a girl who's a little older, um, she's 11, but she is similar in some ways. So, you know, she has some abilities, shall we say, that are similar. And so that was, that was I'd already done it. I'd already kind of done it, and I don't find it really hard, usually, to write in different voices. I don't know why, but I, I guess I'm pretty good at it, because I've heard from a lot of readers that say that I did a really good job with like a female main character um, for example in other books and and, and, a, and the young girl and stuff so I don't know why it is maybe I'm like schizophrenic or something but I, I can kind of I was about to say can, can we speak to the eight-year-old child Nate <laughs> yes <laughs> that's always good though as a writer to be able to do that I think that shows a lot yeah. of talent I, it is good yeah, but you don't want to meet the eight-year-old inside me, trust me. Oh. <laughs> uh oh She's sadistic. Oh, my. <laughs> Most children are. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Earlier you were saying that you, you know, you've read some of the Diablo books, and you've kind of gone into, like, the backstory and the stuff that's already there before you wrote The Order. From that, I've noticed, without going into spoilers, that there's a couple little, I'm going to say Easter eggs, kind of hidden within the order yeah. that people will recognize. Yeah. And I was wondering if at least some of those were, like, did that come from you? Did that come from Blizzard yep. saying, drop this in? Or was it, like, kind of both? No, I definitely wanted to do that. And there are, there are quite a few of them, actually. Some are really subtle. Some are really obvious. Um, some are in between. But you're good to pick up on that. I, you know, I think a lot of fans of no prior novels will recognize some characters, some events, some places, and that was very intentional. I really wanted to do that, um, and that was, to me, that was sort of part of the whole, you know, the idea from the outset in trying to kind of like reboot it, but like kind of put a wrapper around everything that's been done, and, and I thought, you know what, that would be really fun to pull in some some characters, some people, some some places, and you know, reintroduce people to them. And it would be fun for me too. So I thought, okay, how can I do that? And then, you know, within pieces of the outline I was, as I was writing it, I thought, okay, this is a great place to do X, Y, and Z and, you know, make that work. And I loved the, the books that I read. So it was kind of like a, a tribute a little bit for me to do that. Oh, how nice. 
Yeah, I didn't. Yeah. I thought of it as a tribute. And I know when I came across some of those things, I'm like, hey, I know that. You know, that's <laughs> yeah, familiar. Right. That was right. awesome. I really liked that. That's good. We had a submitted question from Medros, and he wanted to know the Order is the first Diablo book that's going to be in audiobook format. Have you had a chance to listen to it, and do you like the way that the narrator, Scott Brick, captured the characters? I haven't listened to it, but that sounds really cool. I actually just got my author copies. There was a shipping screw-up, so I've just seen the book itself, which, by the way, man, what a what an amazing job they did with this book. It's just gorgeous. And Mm-hmm. Um, it's hard to see online, you know, with the images, the quality of the cover and the spot varnish and raised lettering and everything, but it's just a gorgeous book. So I'm sure they did a great job with the audio. I haven't heard it yet. And I've had some audio books done with um, some of my earlier books, and uh, I can't listen to them. <laughs> I, just, it's, I cringe. I think it's one of those things for a writer, you know, they say read your work aloud to, you know, make sure it's working. And uh-huh. I don't know whether it's just because it's my stuff. I hope it's just because it's my stuff and I'm like, you know, really close to it. But I'm when it's read aloud, I, I can see and hear every little thing that I would go, oh, I want to change that, you know? So, You're always most critical of yourself, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, it's it's hard to re- it's hard to hear it read aloud. I think that, that um, advice, that rule for aspiring writers is really, really good, actually. You know, have somebody else, you know, write write a couple chapters and have somebody else read it aloud because you will really notice when dialogue isn't working, when things are stilted or forced, when you're being too melodramatic. In my freshman year of college, I, I was taking a playwriting course and I, I wrote a, a, like a short one-act play that I thought was so, um, like, dramatic and emotional, you know. And then we were supposed to read them aloud and I stood up there and I started reading it and the whole class started laughing. Oh, no. Not... Yeah. Oh. Yeah, but but it wasn't. They weren't laughing like because it was so bad necessarily. They actually thought it was supposed to be funny. Like it was like a parody you know, kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. it's kind of over the top, and I I just went with it. I'm like, yeah, it's a it's a parody. Yeah. <laughs> 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 uh, but you know, I was kind of I was hurt by that a little bit. You know, I thought to myself after it, I learned a lot from it because I you know I realized that it that you, there's a fine line between you know really good drama and melodrama and stuff that doesn't work uh, and silly so um, I'm, al- I'm always trying to be conscious of that I will be getting the audiobook because uh, I have more time to listen to podcasts and audio than I do to read I mean I have two children at home so it's kind of yeah. hard to read sometimes Yeah, so I know. I'll, I'll, I'll let you know what, what my impression of the audiobook is that's good it would be better to have a second um, you know somebody listen to it for me than me listening to it so we have some fun questions now because I, I realize that we're starting to run run a little bit out of time. So we have a Roe also submitted a fun question for you to answer. He okay. asked, "You've <laughs> written a novel now for two of Blizzard's largest largest franchises. Any plans to go for the hat trick and take on a World of Warcraft novel?" I was waiting for the first person to uh, to ask that. I haven't had that question before. I don't know. I, uh, I I love working with them, and I love their franchises, and they're obviously incredibly talented and imaginative, and um, Warcraft is intimidating. I know that much. I know the writers who write a lot of Warcraft stuff, and I really love them, and they're great, and so, you know, you know obviously that's, you know, they're doing a good job, I guess is what I'm trying to say. So, I don't know. I mean, um, I guess if the right project came along, you know, definitely. I'd be interested, and I have you know, Blizzard and I are certainly going to work together again. Um, Yay. Great, <laughs> yeah. 
We like so, that. <laughs> yeah. So there's, you know, so there'll be there'll be something. I just I'm not sure what it is quite yet. I have an idea, but uh, or you know, an idea of what it might be, but I don't want to talk about it quite yet. But I think I think we'll we'll definitely do something together again. It's just a matter of kind of like all of us. You know, they're obviously focused on the launch right now, and and so we'll talk when things calm down a little bit. Now, earlier you said you've been reading since you were very young, so we have another fun question here. Who are your favorite authors or your favorite books? Either one. I have so I get this question a lot, and I and I always struggle with it because I have so many. Like I just I just read everything I can get my hands on, and I, you know, obviously Stephen King was a big influence on me for for since I was ten. I think I read The Shining and was just blown away at that point in my life. You know, I'd read. I'd read a, a, a lot of books by the time I was ten. A lot of most of them were kind of you know, like Hardy Boys and kind of middle mid, whatever preteen stuff or whatever. Um, although I started started like I said I think earlier I'd started getting into like King Rat and Shogun and things that I found on my parents' shelves. And that may have been where I found The Shining. But man, I just you know that <laughs> was this. That's just a different kind of book. You know, the first time I don't think you forget the first time you read a King novel. It's it's just a, a such a like immediate visceral like emotional experience um, he's so good at getting into people's heads and get putting you in the story he's been an influence on me of course thomas harris uh he's one of my favorites he doesn't write very many books but silence of the lambs in my mind is one of the best thrillers most purely well written thrillers i've ever read it's so economical with its language it's just brilliant i mean you know he's he can harris can say more with with you know, ten words in one sentence than I've ever seen in my life. I like Faulkner. I like some of the, you know, Edgar Allan Poe. I like some of the older classics. Um, one of my guilty pleasures is Harlan Coben. I don't even know. I only want to say guilty. I think he's he's actually really a very talented writer, and he's fantastic at what he does. Richard Price, Freedom Land, Clockers, are some of my favorites. Um, I mean, I could go on and on and on. There was a book that really influenced me. I read it about 30 times when I was like seven or eight years old, and it was the biography of a grizzly. Probably nobody's ever heard of it. Um, I think I've heard of it actually. Didn't they really? make a movie from it? I don't. Is that the one? Know. There's a Disney movie about a bear. Thought maybe that was it. Oh no! I, I know I've heard this from. I heard a podcaster talk about it, but yeah, really? I've I've actually listened to a podcaster narrate that entire book. Oh my god! Yeah, his I've name had... is Grizz, the the podcaster. Interesting. Yeah. I had, uh, I, ha- I have a copy of this, a hardcover copy of this book. Um, I think my dad gave it to me when I was a little kid. It was like it's like a Boy Scout like book or something. I don't know. Weird um, publisher, but it's got all these like pen and ink illustrations throughout, and uh, it's really an amazing book. There's no other story in my life that has influenced me so much. I think as that one. I read it so many times when I was a kid, over and over and over again. I don't know why. I don't really know what it is about the story. There is something uh, about it. There is. It's, it is. Is there's something about the story of this bear? I think it's because he's he loses his his mother um, and uh, has to, and he's you know young and tiny and helpless. And then grows into this, the king of the wilderness. I mean, he becomes, and I think that was what was so, in, you know, I, I just loved so much was that he just became this, this giant that nobody would mess with, you know, for years and years and years. And then, but then at the end, when he becomes frail and uh, for the first time, you know, in his life, he turns away from a young bear that is, you know, confronting him and walks away from that. And 
I don't know, there's something so intense and heartbreaking about that when he is realizing, you know, he's gonna go off and die and he's old and he's relinquishing his crown and it's over, you know, and then the ending is just, you know, I just, I remember the whole book so clearly. It's, it's unbelievable. It's memorable. I didn't come across it until I was an adult, but yeah, it's something, you know, you would think, okay, biography of a grizzly bear, right, but it's right. compelling. It's really compelling. It really is. It really is. Well, Nate, uh, I just wanted to thank you, first of all, for coming on to the podcast. This is going to be my last question, so I just wanted to get a few extra things out there. Sure. Um, just to prepare for the interview, I ended up reading The Order myself, and I had got my son to read Spectres because he's a big StarCraft fan. And cool. He, he fell in love with the book. He's, he's just about at the end, and he just every day had something really neat about the story to talk about. He loves how you take the characters and the way that you position them in, in you like even at the beginning of each chapter there's something that gets you involved in the character itself and puts you in their mindset and really gets you involved in the story he loved that part oh that's awesome that's great to hear i mean i i really i think i said this earlier but i i that's one of my favorite these two books both these books diablo and starcraft specters are a couple of my favorite of my own works and um i really loved that book a lot i, I thought it worked really really well you know, Nova, it's kind of similar in that they're both very, very, books are both very driven by very strong main characters. Um, mm -hmm. You know, Nova is an incredible character to me. And again, that the idea, I guess it's not surprising, come to think of it, that I, I like these books so much because they're, both of them are, both these main characters are dealing with such incredible trauma that they don't want to face and they have to face and it becomes part of, you know, what they're going through in the, in the novel itself. And and they're just they're such strong characters and yet so vulnerable in some ways and oh yeah things they have to they have to deal with and i think that's why i think that's why i like both the books so much and why i had so much fun developing the, the histories and the story it, itself oh good he just wanted me to pass along that um he'd read several novels now in the starcraft universe before this one and this is his favorite one. Oh, that's great well th th uh, say thank you and i really appreciate it and hopefully i'll i'll have some more for him someday Oh, good. He'll look forward to that. And my question is, uh, if you were going to start playing Diablo 3 on Tuesday or sometime soon, yep. um, which class would you want to roll first? The Monk. I got <laughs> to go with the Monk. Mm -hmm. I kind of saw that coming. Awesome. <laughs> yeah, I have to. Yeah, I'm, you know, one of the biggest thrills for me, and it was intimidating too, but um, one of the biggest thrills for me when I, when I went out there for, the, for our brainstorming session um, about Diablo, they let me play the beta at that time they told me anyway at that time that nobody had played it really except for the developers it was like just you know off the shelf so to speak they sat me down in front of a big monitor and gave me like an hour and a half two hours to just play and that was so fun i mean that was really cool you know and so i'm, I'm excited i actually just got my copy they, they sent me a, a copy which is awesome of them I'm excited now. I'm on deadline, and I got to get this other book done, and it's going to. Oh. <laughs> of course. I know. I, it's just going to. I'm behind on this book. Um, you know, it's just it's uh, it's it's been a long one for me, but um, I don't know what I'm going to do because I'm I may disappear into a black Diablo hole for three weeks. I think we all might. <laughs> like a uh, few million other people will too. Yeah, exactly. If you ever need, you know kind of like Alcoholics Anonymous, you know, our, our community around the Shattered Soulstone, we, we're, we're, we're there for you. So feel free to write in and, and tell us about how addicted you've become to Diablo. <laughs> That's good. I'm glad that there's a lifeline. Exactly. <laughs> we try. So 
I, I wanted to thank you, Nate, for coming on. We, we had an incredible time. How best can our listeners find you and your work and communicate with you if they wanted to? It's natekenyon.com. That's my website. Um, there's contact there, but my email is just nate at natekenyon.com. I love hearing from people, you know, and really drop me a line, and uh, I'm happy to talk. And I'm on Facebook, of course, Nate Kenyon Writer, uh, and Twitter. I'm out there and pretty easily findable. And um, I hope that fans and readers can tear themselves away from Diablo long enough to get the book. <laughs> Even if they don't read it right now, to, to, to get it so they can have it waiting for them when they need a break. Um, I actually think that, the, that, that, not that it's probably possible but um, to, for people to wait, but I actually think it would be helpful for people to read the book before they play the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, you I agree. Know, it, mm-hmm. Unfortunately, it didn't work out that way. And believe it or not, I'm, I, I think that the, the publication schedule was a coincidence. I, I think that... Um, Simon and Schuster and, and Blizzard had kind of been going, you know, on their own paths, and of course everybody was trying as as much as they could to get the game and the book done and out as fast yep. as they could, and it just happened. At least that's what both Blizzard and Simon and Schuster told me. That just happened to be the same day. So, wow. um, yeah, <laughs> I know. It's meant to be, you know. I guess. I yeah. Just, I, I, you know, if it had, I, I really wish it had come out two weeks ago. That would have been. Uh, a great thing. I know a lot of fans are frustrated, but um, unfortunately, out of my hands. They can always get the audiobook and listen to it while they're playing Diablo. Hey, that's yeah. a good idea. Yeah. Good Mother's Day gift. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Mom, look at this. I got you a book. <laughs> Diablo. Nothing says love to your mother like Diablo. Yes. <laughs> Especially, especially to my mother-in-law, she would love that one. Oh, yes, wow. here, here, go, uh, go beat, go slay the one of the unburied. It's, um, it's, it'll, it'll really warm your heart. Well, <laughs> thank you, Nate, for joining us. We'll have to have you on again at some point after you've uh, also written something else for Blizzard. Anytime at all, guys. I had a, I had a good time. You guys are great, and I'm happy to talk whenever you want. So, as you have heard, we had a fantastic time with Nate Kenyon. I I cannot thank him enough for joining us. He was, you know, he was a genuine joy to talk to. I I really, really think that he will, at some point, emailing us in the future, or at least we can hope. Although he did say that he has a fourth on on the way, so he may or may not have the time to actually play Diablo 3, but that is besides the point. Yeah, with a new baby, that might be hard, but, you know, hey, maybe we'll see him in games sometime. That'd be great. A new baby, another book. Man, this is a very busy man, along with a full-time job. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, that's yeah. true. Well, not just one job, two Pretty jobs. Pretty impressive. Uh, yeah, he was fantastic. I, I really, really hope to have him on the show again, and he can tell us all about his monk, because he knows... He's gonna, yeah. <laughs> he knows he's gonna play a monk. And I hope uh, everybody listening had as much fun as we did talking with Nate Kenyon. He was just a fantastic person to speak with. And uh, he's got such a great perspective. I love when authors really, you know, really bring it. You know, they, they really make it a lot of fun to interview them. They're really engaging, and Nate brought it. He was really awesome to interview he did really well, yeah. It's always fun for me to talk to other writers, especially ones that are, like, way more successful than I'll ever be, so that was a lot of fun. Oh, come on, you know, it, it just takes time, you know, you have to develop your you have to develop your style, your voice. Yeah, and maybe, like, actually write some fiction, that might help. 
But you know what? I, I just last minute edition off the cuff. Before we actually go into our our quote unquote Diablo news, I, I want to get everybody's you know I, I want everybody to be on record for what is the well you know th this might be a little redundant because I think we all know who we are all going to be starting as, mm -hmm. but I want us all to go on record as who we're going to start with in Diablo three because I know our listeners are curious and I, I know our astute listeners already know the answers to all this but. They probably don't know Medros's pick. So Medros, I mean, obviously you're, you already gave us your answer, but please, please tell us who who is going to be the first character and gender that you're going to roll in Diablo Three. Uh, I don't know gender yet. I have not decided that, but it will definitely be a demon hunter. You mean you don't know if you're bisexual? You know, actually, after episode 14, I realized that there was a much better <laughs> term that I could have come up with than bisexual. By gender would have been. Much better. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's not like in WoW where you can say bifactional and it yeah. kind of works. But yeah, yeah, I was like, well, you know, gender, sex, bisexual, whatever. Generally, I would play a male character, but I have recently, you know, tried my hand at playing female characters, and they're not too bad to play. So I don't know yet what I'm going to play in gender, but I know it's definitely going to be a demon hunter because I like my, my, my flaming arrow machine gun. And Jen... I'm totally playing a demon hunter, but I've been saying that since the very, very beginning, and I'm definitely rolling a female one, because I usually play female, and when I first started playing Diablo, I was so psyched that there was actually a female character to choose from, you know, in Diablo 1, so it would be a sacrilege to not play a female character in D3. And Brasia. Gonna play the wretched mother. Oh. Oh, I mean... Oh. <laughs> the witch doctor. Oh. <laughs> and are you going male or female? Definitely male. Definitely male. Right. Something sexy about those, uh, the belly, right? Women dig mm -hmm. that. <laughs> and as for me, I'm I'm sorry to smoke, Miss. I, I know you were hoping beyond hope that I was going to play as a barbarian as my first character. But everybody knows it's all about the sorceress for me. And guess what? The sorceress was female in Diablo 2, so I am... 100% going with a female wizard because you know uh, a developer by the name of Clayton Vaught he basically summed it up perfectly you know it's everything every little thing that she does is magic perfect <laughs> that does it for me so yes I will be going with a female wizard I knew you couldn't stay away from the stilettos yeah. <laughs> hey. And the dress. What, <laughs> yeah. What, what, what can I say? I look great in stilettos. Hmm. <laughs> I'm curious. Have Have you guys uh, been telling your listeners about the uh, issue with the uh, AMD Catalyst drivers? I saw your tweets about this, and no, um, this was a recent development. I personally did not experience any problems with the open beta or at any point through the beta, and I'm running. Uh, the ATI Catalyst 12.4. So I'm not quite certain exactly what the problem was. It's only certain cards, um, but they have recently reached a 12.4A uh, hotfix. That should fix it for all people running, no matter what, no matter, no matter what your card is. Get that before 15th. Yeah, to all my ATI brethren, uh, if you have any problems, there is a hotfix available, or you could always download the 12.2 driver set for your card. 
newer cards probably won't have a problem with this because my computer is newer. Um, I mean, like, I just bought my computer maybe a month and a half ago? No, no, no. It's only been about a month because I got my computer in right after my accident, so that, yeah, that's fun. Yeah, so if you're running an older ATI Radeon card, um, you might want to check out a link that we're going to include in our show notes for the problems that certain ATI Radeon cards are having if you're running the Catalyst uh, version 12.4. And if you're running an ATI, you're pro you probably know what that is, but if you don't, um, it's the software suite that, or well, the driver suite, I should say, that controls your card. That's a lot of technical jargon. And if you're on a Mac, you don't have this problem. Yeah, and if you're on on a Mac, you are still singing the praises of Blizzard. Can't say the same about Bioware. Just saying. Uh, oh, no. mm -hmm. What's next? <laughs> 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 oh, well, I think the most important piece of news is that the real, monch real monkey... Yeah, real, real monkey auction house. Wow. <laughs> yes, the real Oh, that'll be what we call the bots that stand in front yeah, of the, the real monkeys. monkeys. Um, <laughs> the RMAH fees have been updated and finalized. And uh, we'll include the link to the actual blog blog post, I suppose, is what you'd call it, uh, as to the, in, the intimate details of this. But we'll go over the layman terms. Um, I, I have to admit, I am kind of disappointed that the the maximum amount that you can sell anything for is $250 US of course I, I can understand that they want to try to limit the potential legal issues with the real money auction house because we know that this is this ugly ugly face of the real money auction house will rear its head at some point and uh, there will be a class action lawsuit I can almost guarantee it knowing general population of humanity in general but um i have to admit i'm a little disappointed that the maximum amount is 250 dollars. i think they're just trying to control what's going on right now and take a look and see what happens um because they did say i mean it's not you know set and closed that it's only going to ever be 250 but that's what they want to start with as a maximum and see where it goes from there i'd like to clarify I wouldn't pay 250 for anything in game. Never mind 250. Just my thoughts. Metros, there are plenty of people out there who will pay thousands of dollars for things. So. Mhm. Mm mhm. Mm yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's true. It it better be a one of a kind. Thing. Well, there are people out there with uh you know disposable incomes that are like that, you know. I'm sorry to be so crude, but wipe their um their rear ends with that kind of amount of money so yeah none none of those list none of those people probably listen to podcasts but you know they're too good for it but yeah so the maximum amount is 250 dollars um items such as armor and weapons will have a one dollar fee associated with putting them up onto the auction house the real money auction house that is when sold mm -hmm. and commodity items will have commodity items such as gems and materials will have a 15 percent fee based on the final selling price of such item. Only when sold. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so if it doesn't sell, then don't worry yep. about that. Yeah. And then, if you are going to be cashing out to your PayPal account, there is an additional fee of 15%, and that's it. There will not be an additional double dip from PayPal on your 
from your cashing out. I guess Blizzard was able to work something out with PayPal. Or PayPal realized, hey, we're, we're still going to be getting plenty of money from, you know, people cashing out their accounts. So. Mm -hmm. Because if you think about it, PayPal will be earning interest on that money. Unless those people immediately then respend the money that they're earning, which I doubt many people will be. So they'll be earning interest on all that money coming in. So therefore, they get their money one way or another. Oh, and um, the other really important piece of news is that the Real Money Auction House will not be active during the first week of the game. I don't think that they have definitively said that it will be open after one week, but I guess we will see. And you will not be able to sell your characters at first, of course. Of course, yeah. Who's going to want to, like... Oh, I guess people will. Yeah, I'm thinking, like, who's going to want to, like, buy a character and not play the game themselves? There but, are yeah, plenty of people out there. People will. Yes. Yeah, that's they will. Somebody that's with true. a huge bankroll yeah. that doesn't have a whole lot of time and then wants to jump right into level 60 content and then get their asses handed to them in Inferno. Yeah. Because they won't know what they're doing. Yeah, that's possibility right there. But it sounds to me like what they want to do with this is, you know, there are people out there who thought, ooh, real money auction house, I shall quit my day job and earn my money mm -hmm. this way. And, um, you know, they're kind of limiting things so that you can't, you know, maybe limit the people that are going to jump into the game specifically to try to make it their day job, you know? Um, so that's kind of nice. The intrepid uh, real money auction house hawk, I guess you could call them, realizes that they won't be making their money from the real money auction house, but selling their ideas on how to make money on the real auction house. Yeah, but I don't know about that, you know? That's like all those other things. You know, work from home, here's how, buy this pamphlet, it'll show you everything you need, and that's how they're making their money. Most things don't come to you on a silver platter, so if you wanna if you wanna make money, you gotta earn it, so yeah. Just saying. Oh, so what else? Um I think the second most important piece of news, or well I don't know if you'd call it news, but the second most important piece that I wanna cover is uh the animated short called Wrath. Uh, which was directed by Peter Chung. And those of you who know who Peter Chung is know that he created Aeon Flux. And Aeon Flux was incredible. Mm -hmm. I, uh, yeah, Aeon Flux is, still is, to this day, one of the most amazing pieces of animation ever created. And if you haven't seen Diablo 3 Wrath, I highly suggest that you do. It is incredible. It's really good. We'll put a link in the show notes to make it easy for you. But um, yeah, it's just, you have to see this. It's a fantastic piece of storytelling. And uh, I was mentioning last night when I was talking with Medros and um, Jen about it, it reminded me of like some of those graphic cartoons from the uh, 1980s, like Heavy Metal, where it was yeah. just, you know, I mean, it was one of those stories where it was, it was plain, it was right in front of you, a blood and guts were there. And it, like it made you go, wow, this was awesome. You just walked away from going, okay, let's get going. And the battles were a little bit like um, the animation for The Hobbit. You know, it kind of had a little bit of that in there. It was kind of cool. I loved it. Did everyone watch the making of Wrath? Because the... oh yeah, because that was also yeah. amazing. Mm -hmm. I, I gotta say, maybe it's just me, but I laugh every time I hear the name of the studio. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. Tim Mouse is definitely a up and up. It's a little bird, isn't it? 
Yeah, See? absolutely. Tipnos is definitely it's a, a very you know, respectable name in animation. James Watt, if you're listening to this podcast, I, I would love to have you on the show. I'm just saying. All right. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So uh, Blizzard has prepared a launch day preparation guide. We will include the link in our show notes. But um, basically, uh, if you're if you're a newbie to the Diablo franchise, which I know many of our listeners may or may not be, um, who are getting Diablo 3 for free with their WoW annual pass, Diablo 3, uh, I, I'm going to say it right now. If you're a WoW player and you have never played Diablo 3, prepare yourselves. You might actually lose your soul. If you thought playing WoW, you know, sucked your soul away, just wait until you play Diablo. Um, just saying, you know, I'm a recovering Diablo 2 addict, so... <laughs> and yeah. about to lose your soul again. Yeah, and I'm, I'm like, if anybody saw my latest blog post, then, you know, I, I, I normally don't self-promote myself, but, um, yeah, I really did lose myself to Diablo 2. I'm kind of worried about losing myself to Diablo 3, but, you know, I'm a little bit older now. I have two children and a wife. You know, I can't. You have just reasons lose to come back to the real world once in a, once in a while. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. See, so it'll be okay. Yeah, I'll just play the soundtrack to uh, uh, Lord of the Rings to keep myself sane or something while I'm playing the game. There you go. Yeah, but the mm-hmm. launch day guide is really for people that are brand new to this, and it takes you step by step. Do this. Do this. Do this. Do this. It's pretty and I'll envision Decker King going, "You shall not pass." <laughs> uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I had to yeah. do a callback to our interview. Like just it. Yeah, <laughs> it was fun. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, the Diablier, the Diablierds. Yeah, I don't I know how I, to say that at all, but um, the Diablierds. Yes. Um, oh they, my god, they, it's funny. <laughs> I know. I, I, I'm just, you know, I'm. I have to admit, I really did not think May 15th would ever come around. Um, a lot of us didn't. Well, that that is to say and that is to say I never thought that May 15th would be finally named the day that Diablo 3 would be coming out. But um yeah, it's uh, it still hasn't soaked in. You know, I'm I do not go back to work at all next week and that hasn't sunk in yet. You know. So, I'm going to have plenty of time to play. I don't work next week either. But, <laughs> but yeah. what this is, in case you've not heard this, um, a bunch of people decided to start growing a beard when they first heard that Diablo 3 was going to you know, be in existence. And the idea was that they would keep growing the beard until the game was released. And then the game yeah. got pushed back farther and farther and farther. And some of these guys stuck with it. And there's a whole huge gallery of beards. And it's not just guys. Like, you can, like, if you are a guy that didn't grow a beard, you could put a fake beard. Or if you were a girl and can't grow a beard, you could put a fake one. And some of these photos are hysterically funny, especially if you read the comments. So, yeah, go check that out, people. It's well worth it. Wasn't um the lead artist... Uh, I'm, trying, I'm trying to remember his name. Was it... Christensen something? Christensen was his last name. Didn't he in the... Uh, the interviews. The, um, yeah, the interviews, he ended up shaving before the game was released, so shame on you. Yeah, I think, I think it was a family decision. Some of these <laughs> photos, man. Oh, it could be, you know? I mean, some of them have to have some significant others that are like, okay, that's enough of that, mm-hmm. you know? 
But he looked pretty good with the beard. I think he yeah. should have stuck with it. Well, you know, it just depends. I mean, I think some guys can look just fine with beards, and some guys it doesn't look right, and it just depends. And I guess we can all assume that Jay Wilson just cannot grow a beard because, um, you know. Well, he didn't grow a beard, so we know that. I promise that I will shave my beard when I wake up after I've passed out after playing Diablo. <laughs> and see, that's what I figure most everybody else is going to do, too. I figure all these guys that have been growing their beard forever, they're not going to, like, take time out from when the game is released and go shave that off. They're going to be like, I'll get to it, I'll get to it. They're going to play, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, not going to bring a, uh, a razor to my uh, launch event, no. Sorry. No, not a good <laughs> idea. <you know? laughs> that, that would be pretty amazing, though. You're like, Diablo 3 is about to come out at 12 o'clock. I'm going to start shaving my beard. And and you're like your your mid swipe of the razor blade as you're picking up your collector's edition. Yeah, That'd and, be pretty and cool. nobody's gonna look at you funny at all. Mm-mm. Nope. nope, nope, not at all. <laughs> hey, hey, if you're a real Diablo fan, you would know exactly what's going on right right then and there. You'd be like, yep, yep, y- Diablo. Yes, but also, Max Payne's also coming out the same day, and some of the people in line will be there for Max Payne. <sighs> Probably yeah. not the majority, I would oh, think, no, right? Probably not the majority. I don't know. I guess it depends. Yeah, I, guess it depends. I, don't know about, I don't know about my the event I'm going to, but... Yeah, yeah well, I'm anyway. sorry, Rockstar. You're about to get crushed by Diablo. Probably, yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Considering that Diablo 3 is by far the largest pre-order game on Amazon, that, yeah. Yeah. You're about to get crushed. That doesn't even include all the <laughs> other... Smart thinking, Rockstar. Forces. Oh, just amazing. Yeah. Speaking of uh, Amazon, there was an order nope. placed on Amazon today. Oh, what's there? What could yes. that be for? Future future contest yes. prizes for contests on the podcast. Yeah. I I hate to tease so desperately, but yes, we will be holding a contest in the very very near future. So stay tuned for that. Very cool prizes. Indeed. You'll definitely want to try this. Mm-hmm. And very heavy prizes, too. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. Yep. There's nothing metal inside of them at all. No, no, no. Not nope. at all. Nope. Or, or there will you not be when they get the... Hmm. Not, nothing to do with me. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> and they're not going to know what that means until later, so yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Way to go. <laughs> so, um, there is an important piece of news. If you, uh... If you did download the Diablo 3 client and you live in the the European Union, I, I guess that would be the EU, right? Um, yes. You do need to re-download the client if you were planning on playing it in English and or in German. I'm not entirely sure what changed because I didn't quite read this this news article, but... But it's good to know that you know you might have to go check that out. Yes. Diablo 3 in German. I'm intrigued. <laughs> that would be interesting. Any of our EU listeners, if you did download this, and I'm sure most of you are English, because, I, I mean, if you're Finnish, unless you understand English, um, you probably wouldn't be listening to us. You'd be so surprised. I, I'm just, you know, I'm going out there on a limb and saying to our British f- British fans, such as Razorbug and Damari, speaking of which... You know, mm-hmm. we, you might you might be encountering some uh, um, some streaming casts of of us all playing. Yeah, I found out about that when I was on Girls Gone Wow. Yeah, I was on their episode fifty, and they kind of mentioned something to that effect, and I was like, Oh, really? Ooh, that'd be a lot of fun. 
Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, so you were railroaded. You, you had no idea. I had no idea, but it sounds like fun. Yeah, Damara yeah. totally emailed the show as I told him to, and unfortunately, I haven't had a chance to get back to him about that. But uh, well, I think my appearance on Girls Gone Wild kind of sealed that one for us. I kind of went, oh yeah, we'll do it, <laughs> sure, you know. So, um, yeah. so yeah, you you might just be seeing some uh, joint Shattered Soulstone and group mm, quest. Obscure cat. Or not nope. group quest. Oh Try my goodness. Again. Obscure wow. cast. Obscure cast, yes. Yeah. Oh my goodness. I'm so sorry, Razorbug and Damarite. And, and Syl. She's on Obscure And Syl. Yeah. It's... And Gazimov, if you're happening to listen to this, even though you've he used more to or less written... Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. He more yeah. or less wrote off Diablo 3. He was not impressed uh, by, well, the, okay. by the Diablo... Three beta. That's all right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you to know, each not everybody's own. not everybody's gonna love every game out there. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> More loot for us. Uh, That's all right. I like me. Yeah. You know, I, I'm noticing here that. You know, as we get closer and closer, there's more and more, you know, last minute things for people to notice, like, um, you know, reminders and and you know information about the guest passes and the starter editions and. And all kinds of things about, you know, what to know before you get playing Diablo 3. And I gotta say, if they're trying to drive the player base crazy by making us want more and more to be playing now, they're really succeeding at that. Oh, yeah. Uh -huh. Like the, the post they made today about uh, the upcoming character profiles is really exciting. It's like a war WoW armory for Diablo, mm. and that's really cool. Yeah. Yeah. Now you don't have to be in game. You can yep. go online and take a look at your characters, and, uh, like yeah. all the heroes you have or your entire career, in one picture, and it shows you um, normal and hardcore progression of your career and everything. I mean, it's just, it's it's wonderful. It's like you, total time played, total elites killed, your lifetime kills. Oh my gosh! This is this, your achievements. This is gonna be so much fun. Love it. Yeah, and it's probably only just going to be the beginning. I'm I'm sure that at some point they will figure out some kind of implementation for Diablo players with the uh, Battle.net premium access on your smartphone. Mm -hmm. I'm sure there will be something later down the line that they were that they are just chomping at the bit to uh, give us information about. I'd be surprised if there wasn't. Yeah, yeah. we'll see. Everyone, May fifteenth is extremely close. And as many people are listening to the show, they'll they'll be waiting in line for their launch events. Yeah, it'll be mere hours away by the time that we are in your ear holes, or at least could be in your ear holes. That is, if you are actually listening to us, if you were smart enough to download our podcast before going to wait in your midnight release line or whatever. Or, you, you know, possibly, you know, actually, the majority of our listeners probably will be at home you know, waiting for 12.01 a.m. Pacific Daylight Time to click over. So they will, there, there will be no excuse for them to not listen to us as they wait 12.01 a.m. Pacific Daylight Time to uh, listen to us. I gotta feel bad for everybody in California, though, going to the launch event, like the events there, because while everybody else in the country and, and the continent really will be already at home installing their copies, you guys will be still waiting in line when the servers go live. Sorry about that. Yeah, so they better have some really cool launch events for people to be missing that. The added benefit is that by the time we get home, it will only be like 12.30 and not, not like 3.30 in the morning. 
so we'll be able to go longer and harder than our East Coast <laughs> That's listeners. what she said. Uh-huh. And, <laughs> wow. <laughs> I'm sure you can also hear a little Deathy screaming. He's upset because, uh, because Deckard Kane's about to, uh, you know, lay the smack down on Deathwing. <laughs> but, um... <laughs> but, uh, wow, anyways... Okay. No, uh, I think everybody just more than overjoyed and excited that this is coming up and it's right there ready for us to grab and go take and just have a great time playing and I really look forward to seeing so many of our friends online um, and people that we've you know talked to yeah. over time and I'm, I just hope everyone enjoyed listening to um, Nate Kenyon talk with us as much as we enjoyed interviewing him. And actually speaking of our friends, uh, we do have a Soul Stoners battle mm-hmm. tag page if you want to add your battle tag to that page, please email us or Twitter us or, you know, whatever. Send us a carrier pigeon. It doesn't matter. That would be fascinating. Send me a carrier pigeon. Yes, that would be good. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll state mine up front. Mine is uh, Medros number 1487. I am Nevik number 1431. Uh, I can't read the numbers anymore. Jen is Jen number one one nine seven. Thank you. And Brasia is Brasia number one seven seven five. Yeah. Yep. So say hi to us in game. You know, it's all good. Of course, of course. Feel free to jump into my games. Just don't try to get me killed if I have to step away and tend to little deathy. You know. Lantonio well, if I didn't get you killed that. when I accidentally jumped in, you know. <laughs> no, Lantonio would never do that. Aww. So we should not engage a skeleton king while you're off getting deathy. Hey, it was not that close to the skeleton king, but uh, yeah, let's not do that, okay? Not, you know what? I, I'll be upfront. I'm not going to play a hardcore, so I'm not really going to sweat it. If any of our listeners do get me killed for whatever reason, it won't be as bad as if it was a hardcore character. Yeah. 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 I will not be playing hardcore. I don't know if I'm going to. It's going to depend on how much time I have, you know? That's really what it's going to come down to. Do I have time to do it again, you know? I I don't care if I sound like a Care Bear. No, not doing it. Not doing it. I don't have the time. Yeah, you probably don't. (laughs) I mean, you have kids and everything. I don't have the time to invest into restarting if I lose everything, so, yeah. See, I don't know. I think I, I might have the time. I don't know. And I kind of feel like with the beta, you know, they re- you know, they wiped out all the characters so many times and you had to restart. So I'm kind of used to that now, you know? <laughs> I'm not, like, super attached to, you know, my character yet. Just wait until you get into Nightmare and or Hell or Inferno and then you lose everything? Yeah. Well, you know, it'd be that much more of a rush then. Then you get to start over and do it again. That totally reminds me of a of a comment that Jay Wilson made. Um, Inferno is not intended to be cleared by hardcore characters. Just saying. Well, I definitely would be doing it at some point, just not right away. I want to enjoy the story, enjoy what goes on, enjoy having some friend, you know, time to play with some friends, and then uh, maybe buckle down in a few months and try out that hardcore. Yeah, it's going to take me a little while. Like, I think I want to level it, you know, as high as you can go, and then be like, okay, ready, you know, and <laughs> go see what happens. Just to see, because why not, you know? I will be perfectly fine being a Care Bear. Just saying. Yeah, and, and everyone, don't forget to, you know, 
pop in, you know, check us out on Twitter, Facebook, or anything, and our Shadow Chillstone site, and uh, make sure you let us know what's going on. Email us. Let us know what you're doing in the game and what you're experiencing and what you like, or you're like, oh, I wish you could have done this, or what's going on, how you're enjoying the characters now that you're progressing beyond um, halfway through Act 1. That is if the beta was half of yeah, I don't we'll even know out. if it was, and it may be, there may be, I suspect there may be pieces in between some of those quests that we didn't mm-hmm. get to see, you know, that might mm-hmm. take, stretch things out a little bit more, you know, I hope. Yeah, I don't think the Skeleton King is that early in Act 1, I, it just doesn't feel right. It feels a little rushed, like from yeah. a lore perspective, you know, you kind of get, oh, basic who this guy is, but I don't know, I kind of hope there's a little more in there. I'm just going out on a limb. I would not be surprised if he was the end boss of Act 1. Hmm. Hmm, that would be nice. We'll find out in just a few days. I know, just a few days, man. Having held my collection edition in my hands, the only thing that is keeping me sane is that I have the order that I have that I have to, to review, and I've been able to read that. that that's really got me, you know, into the, the world of Diablo. But a uh, buddy of mine at the store also gave me a uh, display box for Diablo 3, so every time I feel like I want to, you know... You want to go hug it, you can have one right there. Yeah. I, I won't deny that I have uh, I have handled that a fair bit more than I should have. Let's put it oh, <laughs> boy. Oh, my. So what you're saying is it's underneath your pillow right now. No. It's actually on my desk. Oh. Oh, well. Well, it should be under the Diablo Fairy. Come on. I, I don't want... I don't, <laughs> the I don't Diablo Fairy breaks you the game. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know... One thing we have to remind all of our listeners, and I think that's the most important thing, is mm-hmm. enjoy. Yes. Mm-hmm. Because, as Neva keeps pointing out, probably every second episode, I'm sure, um, <laughs> you know, this, this game's been a long time in coming. People have been waiting for this for a very long time. What are you talking about? It's and only been 12 years. To, and now we just need to ha- to enjoy it and, and be thankful that Blizzard put the time and the effort to make this game awesome. Yes, it was delayed. Yes, we would like it sooner, but... It is an awesome game, and it's a lot of fun. Yeah, I... Oh, man, I cannot wait. Uh, it still hasn't sunk in, and, uh... Listeners, be thankful that it hasn't sunk in yet, because otherwise I'd be going like... And, you know, I'd explode, so... Yeah. <laughs> there are pieces of me all over the room right now, so... Yeah, I think it's a good time... I think it's a good time for us to end the show, Probably, so I can go yeah. collect those. So... Thank you, everyone, for listening to episode 15. By the way, we did not plan this, that it would be episode 15 out in time for May 15th, of the Shattered Soulstone podcast, a Dawnforge production. Thank you, Medros, since we can do this personally right now, again, for the second time. Thank you, Medros, for hosting our show. I- I'm glad to do it, and I'm glad that I found such a high-quality host to, uh, to do the show and, and keep it going, so... Okay, so you're definitely speaking about Jen and Brasia. Absolutely. <laughs> so you can read the show blog or listen to the show archives at ShatteredSoulStone.com. And our Twitter accounts are... The, the show account is Shattered Stone. I am Nevik James. Brasia is Brasia Priest. Jen is Queen of Haiku. And Medros is, of course, Medros on Twitter. We have a presence on Facebook and Google+. But... Most importantly, we cannot do this show without you, the listener. So please send in your contributions, questions, and feedback 
and of course your launch day stories to show at shredderedsoulstone.com. So until next time, for me, for Medros, for Jen, and for Braja, the trap has been sprung. Fresh end of days. It has begun. This has been a presentation of Dawnforge, copyright 2012. Find great podcasts and more at thedawnforge.com. <laughs>